eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome to Take Command Podcast. I'm Logan Paulson. Craig Hoffman is out at the moment. He's getting married or he's on his honeymoon, whatever he's doing. Not working is what he's doing. And I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, John Kime himself, a guy that needs no introduction. Um, obviously, John covers the team, ESPN, all that kind of stuff. John Kime report uh, uh, on his podcast. But, John, I'd like to start off by just saying, you know, cuts happened yesterday. Any surprises for you coming out of that? The surprise, Logan, uh, first of all, that's quite an excuse not to show up for a podcast is to be on your quote-unquote wedding. Right? I mean, that's like you yeah. them. Like, you know, do, do they not have Zoom in Scotland? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. you got married? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I, yeah. Like, so, work, man. yeah, anyways. So, with the surprises with the cuts, I wouldn't say there were any, nothing, nothing like, Overly surprising. I think the surprising part was cutting both Danny Johnson and Cornell. They're at corner and going with four corners. Um, Cleek Hudson as a linebacker being cut was that a shocker? No, um, I think. But you you thought you thought he'd be on the team. Though. I did think he'd be on the team. Really but 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 if you watch it, did you think he was guaranteed of a spot? I did not. I did have him on the team. I had he and Milo Eifler, and then after the Ravens game or watching that game, I thought DeJon Harris had progressed and played pretty well in that game. So it made me look at that position differently. But even then, I didn't know that he would be, like, I didn't know that he'd be a one who would bump Kalik out of the spot. But it's not a shocking move. It's a, hey, you know, the guy had been here for a couple of years. You thought he could develop into something, and now they cut him. So that would be a mild surprise, I guess. Um, and then beyond that... I really can't say because at running back, we don't know Brian Robinson's status enough to say, you know, should they, will they put him on the NFI list? I think the surprise is that he was left on the active roster, but we still don't know what's going to happen two days from now with him as far as like, would they put him on that list and then he's out four games? 
or or do they think he's going to be back? I think that would be the the best development for him because it, it suggests where he's at in his, his, you know after being shot. I mean, not just as a football player, but as a person. So, right. so but you know, so then I think the other part, Logan was um, was five tight ends. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to end up with five tight ends. I think it just depends on what do they do with Curtis Hodges. He's still coming back from his injury. Um, but what happens with him? Would they really keep five? That seems like an awful lot to, to keep at that spot. So I think it's still a very fluid situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that you always remind me of when we get to this point of the offseason is that the roster, even though it's the final 53, is not really right. the final 53. And, like, you know, are there any moves you'd expect them to make in the next couple days to kind of flesh out the roster? I would because you have – you look, look at the breakdown. It's 27 on offense, 23 on defense. I don't think you're going to end up that way. So that's why I say – part of that depends on what do they do with Brian Robinson because if they put him on that list, now you're, pro- you're going to add another player and most likely you probably add a defensive player. 26-24 split is okay. That's not ab- – that's certainly right. not abnormal. That's – that's happened here in the past many times. You know, um, if you did something, let's say, with one of the tight ends, but then that depends on what is their confidence level in John Bates and Cole Turner for that first game. If they're not confident, then you're going to keep those, you know, uh, both Rodgers and, and Hodges around, although I don't know if, if Hodges would even be ready to play. He hasn't practiced in a long time. So, you know, so I still think you're going to do something there. Would you add another corner? I know you and I talked about this on my way home from the park yesterday about with only four corners, to me, you need to add a veteran there. Um, and even though there's some versatility with other guys that I'm sure you want to get into at safety that could help in a pinch, I still think you need some sort of veteran. You, you, can, go ahead, you, you can go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, first, we talked about personal. Right, so first of all, you look at the corners and there's only four. So it's obviously Jackson, Fuller, and Benjamin St. Juiced. And then it's a rookie, Christian mm-hmm. Holmes. So you have... You know, and St. Juice is not a deeply experienced player. So you have two, one guy with some experience and one guy with none as your backup corners. That's, that's not ideal. Um, and right. But the question that I have that you and I talked about is Percy Butler's versatility and how that can help them in a pinch uh, during a game. And, his, you know, because as we saw in practice, how- he lining up in some more of the nickel at times and, could he do that in a pinch, depending on what you're facing on the other team's offense? And I feel like that's something that came up kind of late in training camp. You know, I know yeah. they were messing with him at like that Buffalo nickel spot, but then he went from Buffalo nickel to kind of pure nickel. So it does feel a little bit, I don't want to say, you know, like not out of the blue, because he did a really good job for the, you know, six days he was doing it. But it seems like you're betting a lot on a guy who's just started playing the position and then um, I'd like you to talk about your thoughts on Christian Holmes, too, because, you know, he's a guy that was getting a lot of hype early, but then quieted down as camp went on. Yeah, and I think, the, the first of all, he's as good size. And, you know, he yeah. did have a solid start to camp. I didn't think he was – I didn't think, certainly didn't think he was bad in the games, but even in the last game against Ravens, gave up several catches in a row underneath. And – but – you watch the other corners that he was going up, that he was in the field with, <laughs> they're giving up plays behind him, right? So yeah. behind them. So like he wasn't doing that. So I, you know, that, okay, you know, um, what does that suggest? I think the one thing I like is something that Kendall Fuller talked about is how, 
how inquisitive he is with him. Like they have lockers next to each other. And I think that's a great thing because I think Kendall Fuller is one of the smartest players in that locker room because of his preparation and all that. I used to love when we could go in the locker rooms and we'll be back in there this year. But when I could, I used to love talking to him about various plays because he was really – he was detailed on what he saw and why he reacted a certain way. He always could tell you the why about his reaction to something. And it usually came back to film study. So having Holmes mm-hmm. next to him, and he said that Holmes is someone who asks him a lot of questions. I like that. So I see why they like him. Yeah. And again, the size, I would just be more comfortable if you had another player with some experience in the NFL, inside, outside, whatever, that to, to, to fortify that position. Because I still, like, if something happens with Jackson or Fuller, what's, what's going to happen with this D? And, 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 you know, I think that would be my concern is the depth there. But I do like, I like, the, I like his traits, and I like what I've heard about him. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he's shown some really nice maturity. I think that's a thing that when he comes in, like I was talking to um, Sean Springs about him, and Sean was like, oh, is this guy, how long has this guy been in the league? And I'm like, oh, he's a rookie. He's like, oh, he's got a really nice polish to him and a really nice technique. But again, you know, you, you want somebody who's played a little bit more right. football, I think. And I think that's the thing that sticks out to me about that. Um, with regards to tight end, do you have any notion of like what they're going to do there? I mean, because, you know, you mentioned Curtis Hodges, and I like Curtis. I've talked about him a lot on the podcast. But he seems to be the farthest behind right. in terms of health. You know, Bates and Turner did individuals yesterday. Do you have any, I mean, this is all speculation at this point. Do you have I any idea? Like, I, don't have any, I don't have any great information as to when they think he might come back. I just know he hasn't been out there in a while. And I know that when you're making that transition from college to the NFL, missing three or four weeks in training camp is a huge deal. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I don't know... Um, but clearly, they like him enough to have kept him on the initial roster. That that really speaks volumes because it would have been easy for them just to cut him and host, try mm-hmm. to sneak him on the practice squad. Although, I, if he's hurt, you're not going to cut him. So that's, you know, it, it could be that he ends up going on IR and allow. And I don't know this, you know, but it's if we're yeah, looking no, at this is all. I mean, right, if we're looking at possible moves, that's a natural one to wonder because he is hurt, and you know, you, it gives you a chance to keep him around this year and. More importantly, you can bring him off that list once the cuts are made. So they could bring him off the list if something happens. So, you know, and so if they need to. So it doesn't mean he's out for the year. It just means he would be out for at least four weeks. So I think I could see that happening. But, you know, and he's not going to come in like no matter with Bates and Turner, you're not going to put Curtis Hodges out there right now because he hasn't practiced in so long. He can't be ready to play an NFL game. Armani Rodgers has gotten so much action that he, you could see the progress with him, not just as a receiver, right. but as a blocker as well. So I think that's where, you know, I, so I do think that something would eventually happen there with Hodges because it just, it, that's what makes sense. And it, it allows them to free up a roster spot to add somebody somewhere else. Yeah, and like, I'm not up to all the roster maneuvering the same way you are. Is there an advantage to holding him like past the cuts i know like if he's hurt you can't cut him right so but is there an advantage to kind of that yes so if you cut him before the final cuts you would have to release him within a week with an injury settlement for him to be eligible to come to for you to resign him if you so and you would in that case you would miss at least three games plus whatever the the settlement amounts to in terms of games so if you pay him two games or a settlement he's missing at least five games 
The other thing is if you don't oh. release him in that point, then he's on there for the entire year. And he can be released when healthy, but he can't resign mm. with you um, at, during the season. By waiting until after the final cuts, if you put him on IR, he can come off after four weeks. And so, you, you, you know, so he'll oh. be here. So you have that flexibility to, for example, like with Samus and, and the other guys they put on IR, they're not, they can't come back here. So actually, some yeah. of them can because they were Absolutely. released within then, a week. So some of them can. They're eligible to. But if you don't yeah. release them in the, within that week's period, then they're on there for the year. He, at least, or, I'm sorry. Even yeah, that, if you release them, that you cannot resign them that year. Now they can. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But that, so I think that makes a lot of sense as to why they would kind of do this. Correct. Roster Correct. logistics. Another another position that I wanted to talk about was defensive line, specifically uh, Shaka Tony right. over uh, William Bradley King, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that because we had a conversation about that, and I gave you my thoughts. You know, I kind of thought William Bradley King was more consistent, but obviously, I think the upside of Shaka probably wins out here yeah and i think i think my feeling would be if they needed a guy right now to play consistent minutes then you probably take the yeah. guy who can help you right now and that'd be more william bradley king because of consistency but we're looking at shaka is not like you when you look at the defensive ends right now it's james Smith williams montez sweat casey Tuhill, and probably fa obata so shaka would be fifth in that in that group He's a guy that you, you know, he has shown the ability to dip and turn the corner. You don't have guys mm-hmm. who can do that like he does here, potentially. We saw that. That's why right. he made the roster last year. He made a move against Baltimore where you would hear from Rivera, like, nobody else here is making that move. That's why they, that's a, that was a big reason why they kept him. Then against the Chiefs, you saw him turn the corner on one pass rush. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, he's on the roster again. Because I haven't seen that from anybody else. <laughs> and then in that same game, to me, as big a key was he makes a nice tackle on punt coverage in the open field. Mm. That, to me, was a big, right. big deal as well. And it was to them. So I think that's why he's out there is because he does have, he offers you something that others don't have. And, and you can try and develop that. And I think, if they, I think the hope for them is that he matures as a pro in everything that means and that you tap into that ability to turn the corner and that maybe you have something. And if you don't, you know, like as much as I like, I like, I like William Bradley King, I know what they do, but can you find that guy somewhere else as well? Do you know what I mean? Sure. So if you yeah. lose him now, yeah. if nobody claims him, he'll be back here on the practice squad. And I think, you know, if that's the case, we wouldn't have seen the last of him because if something happens to one of the top four guys, you may bump him up because you want someone who can handle more of that more minutes right now. Um, right. But, I, right. you know, so that's well, the shock of Tony is like, how many guys turn the corner like that? Not many. So try and develop him as long as you can and then and just see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good example of like where potential, you know, becomes really important and how like you got to kind of manage that potential, right? I think there's even a little bit of that going on with the tight end room, right? You've got your consistent pieces, but there's a potential there with Curtis, you know, and like I always go back and forth, you know, about what the best way is to manage that because, you know, ultimately like Shaka, I wouldn't feel comfortable if Shaka had to play today, but if he becomes something, I'm going to be kicking myself. You know, like if That's you know exactly what I'm saying, right. if it becomes something with another team, right? Right. You know, so it's it's super, super. Fr- it's, it's just I think it's just uh, that's a fascinating element of roster building. Yeah. Um, 
With regards to the offensive line, any surprises there, or was no. that pretty much this clear? That, that was a, that, I think I think that was one of the spots. That in the D line, I got all those yeah. projections correct, so I feel good about that. Yeah. You don't always get that, but I the <laughs> but I you know and I think here's the other part with the O line. Rivera likes to keep ten guys. Well, he always brings it up. I like to keep ten. He doesn't always do it, but I also think the way the practice squads are constructed now it gives you a little bit more flexibility with your numbers on the active roster. So now you have 16 guys. You can keep veterans on the practice squad. So that 10th guy is not playing. He's not going to be active anyways. If you have him in the building and somebody gets hurt and you need a guy next week, he's here already. So I think that gives you the flexibility to go with nine at that spot. And, you know, the guys like Keith Ismail, they put on IR. I don't think he was going to help them this year anyway, and not based on what right. we saw this preseason. There are things he does well, but there are things that he still needs to work on. So they get to keep him around for a year, and, and I think he would have been cut even if he wasn't hurt. He would have been on, on practice squad. So right. I think, and I also, the one thing I wondered with the numbers there too, though, is what did they think of Trey Turner's recovery and and. Uh, projection for the season well the fact that right. the fact that they you know they brought Wes Martin in and then they cut him he had a legit shot during the roster he barely played Saturday so to me that was probably a lot about what do they think of what Turner is showing and he's shown and he's done a little bit more in practice each time so I think that suggests a comfort level there and you didn't need another backup guard on the active roster right now now you can put him on practice squad again and if something happens with them, you can bring them up the next week. But you don't need them maybe for that opener. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on uh, – because I think everyone on the everyone in the offensive line room is – you kind of know who they are. And to me, the kind of the joker in that room or the wild card, if you will, is Chris Paul. Because I yeah. think he's, again, a guy with, like, tremendous upside. Just want to get your thoughts on how he's been performing and what the staff's been saying about him. Yeah, I think I think there's been a lot of optimism. I mean, we've talked about him. And I think there's still probably some rawness yeah. to his game. I think, you know, he's a guy yeah. that if you would – if you had cut him, he's probably getting picked up somewhere else. I think, you know, that would have been my fear. And, like, I'm not, I would not have exposed him to waivers just because a bigger guy has good movement and I like the way he finishes. Like, there may be some things, like, as a lineman, I'm not an offensive line expert. But when I would watch him and focus on him, I'd see a guy who would finish his blocks, work to the second level. And, and like finish yeah. with a little bit of an attitude. And I like that. I'm yeah. not getting rid of a guy yeah. like that. And, you know, I remember talking to, for my podcast, I talked to his college coach in the spring and like, you know, and you know how college coaches are always like, oh, this guy's going to be a steal. Yeah. This guy's a steal. Um, but they really thought he would go a few rounds higher. And I can see why. Yeah. And I can see why. I think when they put him at tackle, didn't like him at all. At guard, yeah, he he's, at guard, he's much better suited to guard. I think the movements fit his movements better. Um, but I did like and he's, and he's crazy strong. He's yes. crazy strong. Like he does he does stuff at the line of scrimmage that you're like it doesn't look right from a pass protection standpoint because he's just clamping people at the line of scrimmage. And you're right, he's really raw. His footwork's raw. His body position's raw at times. But he's just he's a strong dude who's a tremendous athlete, really. And yeah. so. To me, I like in terms of potential on the roster, like holy cow, man! Like I, I like love it. that. Um, but anyway. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Um, now let's talk about kind of uh, expectations for, you know, the 2022 season, offense, defensive, coming out of the preseason. Because I think one of the things is, you know, Ron's been talking about kind of extensively how they're holding everything close to the vest here, right? And can you do, can you figure out where this team is at? What are your expectations for the year? Let's start with the offense first. I, it's, it's really hard anymore to get a great feel. And even before, it was always hard. But all we've really seen with the starters is working against their defense. You know, we saw them in some, you know, yeah. two preseason games. But you're not, you're not, you didn't get a, a huge sample size of a lot of things they could do. I think against the Chiefs, you saw some things. And... They, they would look pretty good, and then the drive would just would end because they couldn't convert on third down for a couple of reasons. Right. Um, right. I think the signs that were positive for them, I feel much better about the offense coming out of the summer than I do about the defense at this point. Oh, based on, based on a couple of things. And, and, and I'm not like – I'm going to give some reasons, and I talked about this on my podcast, about why the defensive players still feel very good. But offensively, mm. I say that – because Curtis Samuel's healthy. And I think he makes a big difference for what they can do, the various packages they can run, um, and his versatility, and what they can do with him and like J.D. McKissick on the field at the same time, or him and J.D. and Antonio Gibson maybe on the field at the same time. It opens up, I think, the creativity of the offense and presents different dilemmas for the defense. So I think that's a good sign. I like what I saw from Jahan Dotson you know, from the spring through the summer. Um, in, in, so I expect good things from him. The questions that I have would be, will the O-line protect Wentz enough to make him feel comfortable, and how will he produce? I like Wentz is an upgrade. We know that. Um, they, they definitely say that. And so, but to what level? Can he get back to a certain level, or is – is last year's Wentz good enough for here? I mean, maybe it is. I think he has better offensive skill talent than he had in Indianapolis overall. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a great running back, but he's not playing receiver. So just because it's third and five because he got or third and four doesn't always mean those guys are going to get open, right? And there are times I, I wondered about the skill, the talent level of that offense. But so here, what I wonder about is what's will Logan Thomas be ready for that opener? How long will it take them to get on that quote unquote same page and the comfort level? Um, you know, with Wentz, we see the arm. We see, I think the quick game will be good. I love the speed that they have on offense to threaten vertically and horizontally. And I think that's going to be a big thing for them. Um, but the, the, some of the, tr- the traps that or the, the trip ups for him is 
and Kurt, when you, you showed me this too, and, I, and we've talked about this, the Kurt Warner breakdown on YouTube that he did of yeah. Lance from the Chiefs game, but it highlights some of the stuff we've seen in practice in previous years right. and all that. He's got the arm talent to not always get his feet around and make a good throw. That also gets you in trouble. Yeah. So it's always like when he makes a good throw, it's like, wow, look at the arm talent. When he doesn't, it's like, you got to get your feet around. So it's like it's that conundrum with him. That, but that keeps him, I think, from getting from that 62 63% to 70% right. completion. Not just completion percentage, but the accuracy, proper shoulder. You know, not making a guy yeah. have to reach up high for a guy. So that's something I think will – but that, you know, is that quibbling? I think we'll see depending on the game, right? But I like where yeah. they're at because I do think he offers them something – I, I like him, you know, certainly I think that's an upgrade for them at quarterback over the last several years, best since Kirk Cousins, as a, as a, certainly as a passer and just as an overall quarterback. And so I, I, like, I like the potential they have there. Obviously, the hard part is, from a football perspective, without Brian Robinson out there, what, you know, what would they have looked like with him? Because I think he was going right. to offer them that consistency get those three and four yards on first down. It's a huge difference, second and six versus second and nine. And yeah. so that's one thing I think you have, miss. Um, and then, do you have any reservations about, about Scott? I mean, I think you did a really good job recapping kind of all the positions. Do you have any reservations about Scott Turner as a play caller at this point of the offseason? Well, I think we're going to learn about him for sure this year. And, you know, this is by far the, the best quarterback he's been able to work with since he's been right. here. What difference will that make? I will say, you know, in the past, like when it when Kyle Shanahan was here, I didn't have reservations about him as a coordinator or a play caller, even when it was Rex Grossman and John Beck, because I could see guys getting open. I could see the design of the offense and all that. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I felt like yep. I knew. So when Griffin came here and they were able to adapt the offense to him, it wasn't surprising to me because I think Kyle is that talented. I also think Kyle's right. probably one of the better coordinators has been around in a long time, or better play callers, offensive right. designer. So I don't want to compare right. Scott to him necessarily, but I'm just saying, like, you could see that. I think there are times with this offense where you can see things that, like, this is what they want to be. I think we saw that right. during the four-game stretch last year, what they what they thought they could be. And I think he did a really good job during them. those times of getting back to what they really wanted to be. And, and what their vision which, is. Which is what, in your opinion? Which is what? I, I think with this, team, with this team, and last year, certainly it was more of a power power offense, right? Ball, more ball, more yeah. ball control with the run game because I didn't think they had the passing game last year to sit back and throw right. 35 times a game. Now, I think you're more apt to be that way this year with some of that skill talent, but I think it doesn't have to be an attack down the field all the time. And so I think I, so I'm really like when Morph Turner was here, Scott's dad, you know, and he was an offensive yeah. guru. And I remember always thinking like, you hear about his offense, his offense, his offense. And then I saw with Brad Johnson, it's like, oh, there it is. You know, you could see things right. with, you could see, you could see it too with him, right? You could see the, um, some of the success before that, because you could, you saw how he called it, but it wasn't going to work right until you had the quarterback. And I think that's true of pretty right. much most offenses. So that's what I'm curious to see. So I think that's a long-winded answer to your question. But I, so I, I, I would say we're going to learn a lot about him this year because now he's got right. the more the, he's got the pieces. He's got the pieces. So make it work. And you know nobody thinks you know is 
I'm not saying they're thinking Carson Wentz should be a top five quarterback for you this year. That's not it. But but we but you want to see like how does this offense operate now that you have the parts Curtis Samuel healthy, Dotson. You know you do. Yeah. You know it's not like Gibson is still a can still be a good running back for you. You just can't fumble. Right. <laughs> but so I do think we we'll get more of a chance to see him this year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You said that you know, their identity last year was they wanted to be like a ball control offense. Do you think that they should do that this year? I mean, it feels like no, but like, I don't know. And I think last year you had to be a certain way, right? I think this year you can be more, you can run a power run game, but yet you can still attack more. And I, you know, and so I do think you're not, I don't, I don't expect them to be what they were during that streak because the talent is better. The pat, the quarterback, right. the quarterback is better. You have more talent with Samuel again, Samuel, and when Logan is back healthy, and even and Cole Turner's out there, etc. You have more versatility in that, but I do think the core of it will have to be a physical run game to somewhat. You know, I don't want to sit there and put all the burden on the pass game. You know, I don't think you want to change that, but I think you can. So I think the core of it will be that. Not to the degree that it was last year, but I, I do think you want to be play a physical brand, and it starts with that. And then I think they can. I think with Carson does a nice job with his fakes and all that, so you can establish that, and you get the play action to marry the look. Then I think right. you can be really effective with it. So that's what I that's what I expected before Robinson got hurt or really was shot. And you know I yeah. think you can still be that way because it's what I was expecting before Robinson emerged. So, right. you know, I, so I think that will be the core of it, but you have much more the ability to be aggressive with it. So I don't want to say you just got to, like, hand it off 35 times a game, but I didn't think last year right. it fit them throwing as much. This year I don't think it would fit you running as much, but I do think that's going to be at the, the um, heart of what they want to do. So this Brian – so Brian Robinson's – uh, you know, injury is, in your opinion, like extremely detrimental because he, you know, like one of the things you mentioned earlier in the conversation was his consistency. And like that is something that keeps you on schedule as right. an offense, right? right? And not having that in there is going to, it, it stresses the passer more because if it's second and 10, like that, those are tough down and distances. And, and a, here's an example, Logan. And they're like, one of the things they've worked with Antonio Gibson on is, you see a defensive back in the hole, we still want you to attack it. That's what they would tell him. So right. one of his first runs, I think in that Chiefs game, 
Brian goes, Ryan Robinson goes in there, gets, you know, he had a couple nice runs. Now there were, and as you and I talked, there were a couple of runs where maybe you could have done a, made a different decision. He still gets positive yards right. on those plays. So, and Gibson's first run, it's a run to the right. You have a safety coming up into the hole and he tries to bounce it outside and he loses a yard. That's a play where yeah. if you just turn it up and just attack the guy. Now the, the hard part is Gibson has that speed. And so like guys with right. speed are going to try and bounce. And, and I like his explosiveness. I still think he, like, I still believe that that kid can be a big help to this offense. But this is a run. Well, I, but this is one. So, so he doesn't cut up. You cut up and you, you try to, you're, you're 230 pounds. Run the guy over. Make him think twice about, yeah. this is what they'll say. Like, make him think twice about coming at you and um, get three or four yards. Well, I mean, it's, that's one of those things, and I know, again, like we, we were talking about the offense, but I think this is an important thing. So on that run, they're running outside zone to the right, and they bring a run stunt. Yeah, they bring a run stunt. They pinch the offensive line, and that's a backer. That's number 32. That's that Blanton kid from Missouri, and he's running free in the hole. And so, and I don't know, like, that's an unfair look. You're getting a penetrating back on outside zone, or linebacker on outside zone, which makes it really tough. All of, all of Brian Robinson's runs, now his vision's excellent. So he's setting up the run, too, to help with the thing. But they're really well blocked. Like yes. The counterplay in the first quarter is excellent. The outside zone, or the, the, the Wanda, so run away from the tight end that he had, that nice long run. He's doing a great job setting that stuff up, but the runs are well blocked. So I, in some ways, I'm... So do you think I, I misread that play? I mean, so to me, on, on the with the Gibson thing, I'm kind of like... What like what is his solution there? Because he's supposed to stretch it to the outside leg of the tight end. The linebacker is running square at him when he's on his angle. So it'd be interesting to ask coach about it just to see okay. what coach would say. Because to me, that's yeah. a little different than some like he did like in the first game against Carolina where he's pitter pattering in the hole. Like right. I agree, man. He's got to hit some of those. Like go get well, it. Because it's not, not there. Right. Yeah, I mean, ahead, I'm sorry, ahead, I, I apologize. But the reason I brought it up because that, that was something that they talked a lot last year about. Yeah. And, and so but, and that's deal. why like, yeah. I saw that and I thought, is this another example of that? Because it's exactly the stuff that they told him about. Um, and he does have, even that, like, once you're not squaring your shoulders, of course, you're going to lose something. And the hard part was they did a nice job stretching that run out, too. So it was well defended. Yeah. But is that one where you just say, you know, Cut it up, get what you can, and get to this. Get to second down and seven versus second and eleven. That was the thing. But you're yeah. right. Like I, what I like with Robinson, and this is what I saw. This is why I was encouraged by Antonio at the end of last year because I felt he was starting to set up guys. And that last game against the Giants, yeah. I liked that game. And I know, like it's the last game of the year. The Giants didn't care. I don't care. It's what he showed. Yeah. Not so much what they were doing, but what he showed. And he showed that patience. He showed that ability to set guys up. And that's what Brian Robinson does on a consistent basis. So that's, you know, and so, like, I still think Antonio can be a good back. And I think that they, I like that they still have plans for him because he's a versatile guy, too. So I, you know, yeah. like, when people are, like, after that fumble, like, oh, I just cut him. Well, no, the guy's still good. The guy's got ability. The guy's got ability. But, like, yeah. but I was wondering if that was an example of get what you can, not so much is it a great play, but just get what you can, <clears throat> excuse me, and get to second and seven versus right. second and 11. That's all. So if, if I misread that, no, I'm going to take your opinion on that. No, no, no. I don't think – I don't know if you misread it, but it's just like it's hard to compare gotcha. Robinson's runs yeah. to Gibson's oh, runs, in my opinion, because you yeah. get a free runner in the hole, 
Like you, I haven't seen Brian Robinson with a free run in the hole this whole offseason. Like that's just how they've blocked the runs. And again, that's a testament to him and how he's setting stuff up. Right. But we're right. Yeah. Like that's something that I'm. Yeah. That's I'm like I don't even know what Brian Robinson would do in that situation. It's hard to compare one to one. John, I know yeah. you got to go, so we'll, we'll get you get, out of here. Got, but we want to go five minutes on the defense. Yeah, let's go five minutes on the defense. Okay. Yeah, five minutes. I do minutes, want to bring that since you brought that up earlier. And so my yeah. the one thing. We watched practice, and they were, early on, they were certainly looking good. It's always hard to tell where defense is at because you don't know, is that a sign of the defense? Is that a sign of the offense growing because there are a lot of new parts, et cetera? Right. And I think as camp went on, the offense got better, but it wasn't because the defense got worse. It's because I thought like the timing was becoming a little bit better with, with Terry McLaurin and Wentz, for example. And, and you know there was a little bit more back and forth. But the one thing, like if you – the one thing that I think that the defensive players are keep hanging their hat on when you talk to them is the communication. And like Cole Holcomb was talking about that yesterday, and Kendall Fuller has talked about that a lot. And you heard it a lot when you're on the sidelines in practice. It was such a point of emphasis, but it's the familiarity they have with the system and with each other that I think that that's one thing where they say they feel like they can be a little bit, they can play a little bit faster because of that. And they're all, quote unquote, on the same page. That's where they're hoping that this thing is better this year than last year because last year it was not there early on for, for a few reasons. And I don't think, like, when you're looking at defense, you know, I know everybody wants to look at scheme and play calls and all that, but there are little things that you need to be able to communicate with the guy next to you so that way if I'm reacting this way, I know this guy's going to react accordingly. And, you know, so that's a deal. Now, is that going to be enough? I don't know because it would, be, like, it would have been nice to see more from them in these games Getting, getting a team off the field in three and out, right? That would have been great right. to see. So, you know, I don't know where they're at, if they're going to be that much better or not. I, I, I think that, you know, when they played better last year, there was an eight-game stretch where they were around top 10 points and yards allowed. In that stretch, like, you would hear the communication. You could see the ability to disguise better because of that. Like, I felt right. like, and I, and I also felt like Del Rio was calling in the, the defense was calling for more blitzes on third down sure more pressure when sweat and young weren't in there and i think so like will they still do that i don't know so i i have questions about them i worry i'm concerned about the depth at linebacker and at corner especially yeah. do they have enough um and that to me will be a bigger trip up than anything else but got to go out and show it logan i can sit there and say like they talk they're communicating better and all that right. well you've got to go out and stop teams on third down period but I mean, but they have. I mean, to me, like that's the thing. That's the thing that gets me caught up about this whole deal with the defense is they have played better. Yes, like you yes. watch the Kansas City game, and th- those are those should be coverage sacks. A lot of those right. third down plays. So when I see that, I'm like, the the secondary, the linebackers, they're playing better because you're not having free runners the same way you were last right. year. I think the kind of confusing element is that like this rush, which is supposed to be so vaunted, doesn't seem to be doing its part, you know, and I think you brought up a great point there with the five-man rushes and how that can get you out of some stuff, but like you'd like to, in the same way that I'd like to see the offense be more aggressive in preseason, I'd like to see the defense, like, make sure the timing's good on your blitzes. Right. Like, you know, that that blitz that they ran on third down against Kansas City where they brought the edge pressure? Like, it's a little late because the, they're not used to running it against another team. So, right. again, that's the type of thing where the, with Ron, like, should you have pushed that more? Should you have pushed Jack? Like, 
hey, let's make sure we're good with our blitzes to make sure we're all lined up. Because I think the yeah. coverage is there. The individual rushes are there. You see Montez Sweat winning. You see Allen winning. You see Casey Tuahill and James Smith-Williams winning. You see Payne winning. You see individual wins, but you don't see the, the results and I think that's the thing that's kind of confounding about the defense. Well, and, that, and I agree with that. And there, you know, and that's where it's why I'm such a big advocate of those joint practices. And yeah. even if it's like what we're seeing is that every time there's a two-day practice, there's a ton of fights, and it becomes marred by that. But you have the yeah. Ravens an hour away, you know, and like yeah. they used to do these one-day practices with them, and instead of doing the inner squad thing at the stadium, bring the Ravens down and have a practice for one night. And yeah. just do all that 10-play, the situational stuff, where you can work on that so you can get a better feel for your timing against another team. You know, and, and it's yeah. funny because when you're in practice, sometimes you'll hear someone say, oh, that's, it was like it was a week or two ago where one of the D-backs was like, oh, I haven't seen that look before. Well, that yeah. means that you're seeing all these familiar looks, right? And so you get used to that. Right. You know how you're going to react at some point. Um, but how are you going to be if another team comes to town and you have to react on the fly? That's what. That's the stuff sure. that, that you want to see because, like my big, the big issue I've had here is that they've been slow to adjust in the first part of the season about yeah. whether it's about personnel, whether it's about scheme or fit, whatever, or play calling, whatever, and what they want to be. And could you learn a little bit more about that in the summer? And I know their trend in the league is not. They they are not alone in how they're approaching it, but it's why I think right. like if you're not sure, then you know. Do what you can. I know they tried, but like they haven't had those, and I think it. I think it's. I think it would be helpful to have that. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I mean, I think, like you said, it, it's it's all. It all seems to be there. It just isn't clicking, and I think that's the issue. But right. um, I'm gonna get. You, I'm gonna get you out of here, John. Thank you so much for joining, man. It's I learn so much every time we talk. Uh, if you got anything coming up, stories, articles, like please just give them a shout here. Yeah, real quick I, I mean, just I got the podcast, obviously John Conrad Pope, but I have I will have a story on Carson Wentz next week, and his and his comfort level, not just in being with the Commanders, but in this area. And does that help him? Is he a different person? Yeah. So it's a lot about that stuff, and some of the stuff what other teammates have learned about him. Cooks a mean steak. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I haven't had it, but, he, but that's what I hear. So, like, I'll have that. That'll be out some point next week. And, you know, and we go from there. And then, fortunately, Logan, the season starts. And there is nobody I've learned more from than you. So, I appreciate it. Oh, well, well it's good. It's, it's mutual. So, John, thanks so much. Um, really appreciate it. Thanks, Logan. All right, thanks for joining us on Take Command. Really appreciate you guys always listening and checking in. Um, that was great from John. He's always providing awesome insight on the roster, the structure, and potential moves going into this week. Love that. Obviously, no game this week. Craig will be back next week. Or no game the upcoming week. Craig will be back next week from his honeymoon, hopefully ready to do some work. And we'll be previewing the Jacksonville game, which we're all super pumped for, I'm sure. So, guys, thanks so much. If you're not following this podcast, please um, like and subscribe and all those things you do on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, really appreciate it. See you guys next week. <laughs>